The Football Pod. Colin O'Rourke said that in punditry today, that colour, wit and enthusiasm is missing. Tune into The Football Pod. <laughs> Paddy Anders and James Dunne will bring it for you. Subscribe to The Football Pod wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Time to turn to The Football. Jilly Flaherty, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for your uh, patience hanging on there. We had a bit of a slow start out of the blocks this morning, uh, technically, so we're a little bit behind time. Thanks, Will, for hanging on. Um, crunch time, obviously, in the WSL this weekend. Um, it's a shootout between uh, Chelsea, 52 points, United, two points behind them, and then five points adrift are Arsenal, who Chelsea will meet on Sunday in the uh, lunchtime kickoff. And a uh, big opportunity for Chelsea to get it done this weekend, will they? Well... Uh... Well, it's going to be difficult, you know. I think this weekend, this um, I think in the whole of the WSL, with the games at the top and the games at the bottom, um, people were kind of hoping that this was going to be the last weekend of the season because it's obviously you've got Chelsea versus Arsenal, you've got Man United versus Man City, um, then obviously at the bottom you've got Tottenham versus Reading, uh, Leicester around with West Ham. So there's all sort of going on, but. I mean, if Arsenal win, then obviously they go to 50 points, only two points off of Chelsea um, with one game left to play. Um, I think if Chelsea get it done, then I think that's them done because they've got red in their last game of the season, which I can't see an upset happening there. So I think if Chelsea can get a result on the weekend, then yes. I mean, for me, I've always said that I think they were the favourites anyway to, to win this year. They've just got, even in the position that they was in, where they needed to win the games in hand, if any team wants that pressure and that responsibility, it's Chelsea to do the business, which they have done so far. Is there a sense of inevitability, inevitability about Chelsea, Jilly? Uh, because I, know, I think you said in the Counter Press podcast that you you almost turned off the the FA Cup final before the before the Chelsea goal last week. Like there, there is this feeling that that they will continue to get the job done. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I need <laughs> I need to because it was so boring. Yeah, well, um, that too, yeah. And I, yeah, and I was like, if I, I mean, I. I I want to watch football anyway, but I mean, I was obviously talking about it the next day. So it was sort of, I think it was hard not being there as well, you know, not in the atmosphere and that. But yeah, I do think even with Chelsea, they've always got this mentality where it's, I don't really think they've played particularly well all year, really. Um, but they've found a way to get results and that's what winners do. You know, Peniel Harder's back and I mean, someone mentioned in um during the week that all well, last week that they don't think Peniel Hard has really been a miss for Chelsea and I'm like, you're mad because you look at the impact that she's had in the last few games coming on and then starting against West Ham, like she's been huge for them into this latest run up. Um I think it'd have been nicer for Chelsea to see her coming back a little bit earlier because she could have had an impact more so in the games against Barcelona. Um but yeah, I do think she's been huge for them but and they, they, they've just got this mentality. They've just got this mentality. They know how to win and they find a way, whatever it means. And even the comments from Emma Hayes, I think we spoke briefly about it last week, that she, she referenced the fact that they needed to be more clinical and that they certainly have started to be more clinical in recent weeks. Is that because Pernilla Harder is back in the team? Yeah, well, I mean, they Emma's always like that. She's She'll never come out and just say she's happy with where they are. Um, she always pushes the team and, and the, the squad and the staff for more. Um, but I think you're looking at, obviously, the, the two games that Chelsea had in hand um, were, well, one of them was Everton and the other one was, well, there was three, Everton, Leicester and West Ham. So 
when they're looking at that and they knew that the goal difference um, of them and Man United was quite a big goal. Um, they took maximum um, effort in those games to get the results that they needed and they put a lot of goals um, on the board, you know, so they made up that goal difference and obviously she's come out and said, goal, it could go down to goal difference this year, um, but goal difference is huge. It's like an extra point. So they had, they would have had a target in those games and they were clinical. Like in the uh, Chelsea-Everton game, I think in the second half, Lauren James had a shot on target, which was the first shot on target that Chelsea had had that were, wasn't a goal. You know, and that's a crazy stat because I think they'd had like, that was the sixth shot on target and five of them had gone in and it was only just in the second half. Like, they had this ruthlessness about them, say midweek, obviously against Leicester, Everton, and then obviously West Ham as well, um, where they would have had a target and said, listen, these are these are the games we can rack up the goal difference here. And they went and got one and they didn't stop. They went and got the ball out of the net and they went again. And yeah, they were so clinical in the last three games. That uh, that game for Arsenal, I guess, look, they, they can still have an outside chance of, of lifting the title this season, but it's it's Champions League football, really, Judy, for them, isn't it? That has to be the, the, the main focus. So top three finish guarantees them a seat at uh, Europe's top table for, for next season. Uh, they're probably hoping Man City don't win at United on Sunday to, to maybe help, help them out. I know City are kind of uh, breathing at their necks. But uh, quite a remarkable achievement for, for Jonas Eideval and that Arsenal side, given all the injuries that they've had to deal with this season. Yeah, and I, I think they'll they'll snatch Champions League from anyone's hands if they if. Do you know what I mean with with the season that they've had? Um, obviously, they've won the Continental Cup against, against Chelsea. You know where they were probably going into that game underdogs. Mm. They won the Continental Cup. Um, obviously, they've done so well in the Champions League and probably kicking themselves because they should be looking forward to a Champions League final. Um, and they've had so many injuries, you know, they've lost so many key players this year. So for them to come away and say, listen, we've won a trophy and we've we've qualified for the Champions uh, for the Champions League again for next season with the injuries that they've got, that's huge for the club. Um, and I think they've had obviously a couple of results. Um, I think the, the game against Man City, Katie McCabe scored the winner. I think for them, that was like a turning point. I think for them, it was sort of, We've, we've got this belief now that we can get back into um, into games and that we can get the result. But yeah, I think if Jonas Eideville will be honest, I think at the end of the season for them, if you said, right, we're going to lose Mead and Mar, we're going to lose Mead, we're going to lose the Williamson, we're going to lose Kim Little, um, Caitlin Fall's going to be out for a, for a period of time, but we're still going to get a Continental Cup and we're still going to qualify for Champions League. Would you take it? I think Williamson, every person at that club would say yes. We saw the, the challenge midweek as well on, on Leo Valti by uh, Aggie Beaver-Jones, led to a red card eventually. I think the, the referee uh, eventually chatting to, to our assistant referee led to that decision and, and look, Beaver-Jones was, was clearly distraught going off the pitch as well and um, a young player too, so difficult for her. But uh, I know since you retired, Jilly, you've been quite vocal about the referee referees generally in the league and their, and their sometimes bad decisions and bad officiating. Um what do you feel about that now? Because there, there seem to be plenty of untouched incidents. I'm not talking about that incident during the week, but generally speaking in the WSL, there seem to be incidents that crop up every now and again. Yeah, I mean, I think that decision in the week was the correct decision. Mm. Um, I don't think there, there wasn't there wasn't any intent for Maggie Beaver-Jones to be malicious. I think the ball just ran away from her. She's done a last um, lunge, sort of a last kick lunge, and as obviously caught Walty 
Um, and obviously she was in a lot of pain. Maybe if, if Forty wasn't injured and was able to get back up again, then maybe it would have just stayed a yellow. But I think obviously she was down and it was a serious injury and everything. And then they obviously reviewed it. Um, but yeah, she made the right um, she made the right decision regarding that. But I do, I do think I, I've always I will support a ref when a ref, when I was playing. I would support a ref when they were doing well or they had a good communication. Because obviously where I was captain as well, and they had good communication. Um, you like that as a player, but. I think there's been some decisions. There was a decision for Chelsea Everton. Um, it's a clear Stonewall penalty against Lauren James and they play it out for a corner. Um, it, it's, it's ridiculous. But I, do, I think it's hard. And I've always said this from when I was playing, I've always said you've got full-time players, but you don't have full-time referees. Mm. Like you're, you're giving a professional player now the, the environment for them to be the best of the best and the best that they can be. And they're full-time professionals. And then you're asking referees to be a professional, but also work during the week and then do the referee training. I've always said this, and I said this when I was playing, that referees, they should you should give the same support to referees and you should make them professional because you, you've you got a professional league and you've got professional players and then we've, we've not given the referees the same standard and the same training and the same levels of expectations what we do to players. I'm curious, did, did the quality of refereeing, in your view, get better as your career progressed in the WSL or did it consistently stay at a level? Oh, I do, I do think it's got better. Um, but I do think, it's like anything, I think you talk about the men's football, you was able to get away with a lot more than when I was playing when I was younger than what you would now. There are obviously a lot more um, eyes on the game and even things like dissent and that, like you would be able to get away with saying stuff when you was, uh, when I was younger than now. But I think when there's more eyes on the game now, um, obviously that level's gone up. The professional, professionalism level's gone up as well from players. So the referees have to come along with that. I still just think we need to support refs more. Like I'm, I'm not a ref hater. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I know it's a very difficult job and I wouldn't want to be a referee myself, but I just think, we need to give referees the same support, the same funding, the same opportunity to be full-time referees and committed to the game as we do the professional players. In some of our uh, national sports here, Jilly, the women's game or Gaelic football have sort of taken the lead on various innovations around shot clocks and stuff like that or, or in-game active clocks and a hooter at full-time, various little innovations. Um, obviously, the comparisons often come up between football, the respect for referees in football versus rugby, for example. Is there an opportunity for the women's game to take the lead around any of that stuff, like micing up refs or anything that might help them? We, we all accept that as a culture needs changing generally in football. Um, it feels like at some point we're going to end up having mics and that's going to end up in a better experience for everybody and more respect for the referee. Is that something women's football could take the lead on? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I like it when I watch the rugby and you can hear, when you're watching it, you can hear the referee and their explanations of why they're doing something and their reasonings. But what I feel like, obviously I was captain for four years at West Ham and before the game, you'd always get into a it'd sort of be a, a huddle with, like before you got all dressed and that, you'd have a huddle and it'd be like the two general managers, the two captains, um, they do the team sheet and then there's the referees there. And the referees would say the same talk to the players. So they'd say like, um, right, look, listen, I'm, I'm going to let you play the game today. Like be on my, like so obviously support me. Uh, if I pull you in, I'm doing it so that 
Um, I don't give your player a booking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there always used to be this chat where you'd be like, right, we're going to be open with each other. And then there would be 95% of the time you'd get on the pitch and something would happen. And I would say, ref, and they'd go, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. And I'm like, but I'm, I'm the captain and I'm asking you a question. And it'd be, don't talk to me. And it's just sort of like, I, I got to the point where I was saying to players in the changing room, like, why do I need to go out and do this team huddle talk with the refs mm. when you get on the pitch and you cross the white line and it's completely different. It's not that, especially as a captain, you think that there should be that relationship. And there's some really good refs who I would play with over my time who would go like, Ginny, this is why I'm doing this, this and this. And I'd go, okay, that's fine. And then I can pl- play that back to the players. So there needs to be that, I think, that openness more of, players and referees are not working against each other. They should be working with each other, you know, and there needs to be that relationship. But I think sometimes players don't have an opinion about a ref and they get their backs up when the referee is sort of like that back towards them as in, no, I'm not talking to you, go away. Um, I know players are not uh, right 100% of the time and I know that players can be a pain. You see, I don't like players when they surround a referee and they all scream and shout. But it should be there should be that relationship with a captain or a player on that team where they can talk to the referee and sort of be a sounding board and, and be able to have that relationship on a pitch. Uh, referee could be busy in the Manchester derby on, on Sunday evening. Jilly, 6.45 kick-off for that, this one, United against City. Um, and from United's perspective, I guess, they need a win and they need to beat Liverpool, of course, in the, in the last day. But uh, a big win over City would, would certainly help in the event of Chelsea and Arsenal drawing. So if United were to win by five or more goals over City, that would mean they'd go into the, the final game of the season, top of the table, which would be a massive, massive uh, relief. But, uh, of course, that's a, an unlikely prospect. Um Interesting to get your thoughts as well on, on Mark Skinner in the after the FA Cup final. He threw his FA Cup runners-up medal on the ground. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Like, is it is it a, a little bit disrespectful? Is it just him in the heat of the moment showing how much it means to him? No, I, I think it's disrespectful. Um, I said that as well on the the, the podcast earlier in the week. That I mean, I, I've played in. I mean, you're talking about FA Cup finals. I played in ten FA Cup finals and I lost three of them. And not once did I chuck my medal on the ground. You know, that's a it's a it's a hard slog to get to an FA Cup final. And and I asked it in the in the week, Mark Skinner's not a serial winner. Like he's not been in the FA Cup final consistently for the last ten years. So what gives you the right to chuck a medal on the floor of a competition where you've had no success really in it? Um that was my um fault because I thought I, I mean I love the FA Cup. I love it and it is my favourite competition and it's one that holds really good memories for me. But, yeah, I, I do see it as disrespectful. Um, and, and I think he should be, if that's a player doing that, I mean, that player probably would have been dragged in and said, listen, you don't you don't disrespect like that. So, for me, he should be setting the standard for that. And, yeah, I, I, I mean, whether it's, whether it's, um, it's just gutted and it's that emotion... But as a manager, you need to control that better. And you need to remember that, especially on an an FA Cup final at Wembley, where there's a sellout crowd, there's a lot of eyes on you. Um, If you want to go in the change room, chuck it around the change room, then that's up to you. But I think in front of everybody, when everyone's watching, and there's so many eyes in the game there, you can't be doing stuff like that. 
Yeah, it was certainly a, certainly a strange look. Um, so just to remind people of the fixtures, Tottenham Reading tomorrow at uh, quarter past four. Remainder of the games then on uh, Sunday. So Chelsea Arsenal, as we said, half past twelve on Sunday. Everton Brighton at uh, one o'clock. It's Villa versus Liverpool from two. Leicester against West Ham at three. And then, as I said, Manchester taking on Manchester City from, from 6.45. What are your predictions, Chile, for the, for the two big ones, I suppose? Chelsea Arsenal and United City? Um, I mean, I can see a Chelsea win. Um, I just think they've just got too much in the tank now. Um, for Arsenal, I think yeah, I see a Chelsea win. I w- I wouldn't like to see a Man City win because I do, I do want Arsenal to get into the Champions League. But um, you probably would say a Man United win, so that it's exciting going into the last game of the season. Which I sort of have to see it now as a neutral. So um, I'll go Chelsea win, Man United win. All right, we look forward to it, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks, William Jilly. See you later. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.